Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Next Man Up with MJ Hurley. Long story short, today is going to be an Oakland A's-centered episode. Got two interviews with minor league baseball players for the Oakland A's. Um, My life has been very crazy. Family is moving. I am getting ready to go back to school. Just ended my summer job, so I am home for the time being. Don't have any of my recording equipment. Um, So this being recorded on my phone, back to the good old days from the XFL. Um, So yeah, not much from me today other than the two interviews. So you're going to hear those interviews, obviously, because of that, going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. Um, But don't worry, next Friday, once I have all of my equipment back with me at school, then we are going to have a full episode. You're going to hear plenty of ranting from me about everything under the sun that has to do with sports. So without further ado, Reed Berlingmeyer and Kyle McCann, two interviews with Oakland A's minor league baseball players. Okay, so joining me on the show today is A's minor leaguer Kyle McCann. First of all, Kyle, thank you for coming on the show. How have you been doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, just out here in uh, San Jose with the taxi squad, just getting some work in. So enjoying the time being right now. Yeah. So t- t- tell me a little bit about that, um, your time with the taxi squad. If you want to start with before that kind of became a thing, kind of the interim between when spring training got shut down and then until Major League Baseball came to all their decisions, what were you doing to stay in shape during that time? Yeah, so I was in mini camp in uh, February and then March 13th I believe is when they sent us home because of corona and everything and then I just had uh, my little brother and then some friends who played and we would just go over to the high school field throw and then there's also like a velo machine there so I could catch off of it hit off of it so I was staying in shape and then I actually I was lucky enough because my parents had they have a gym in their in their basement so I was able to able to use that to stay in shape and then so there, and then the minor league season was canceled. So I was like, "Great, what is going to happen?" So I kind of like, I started declining my work, but I was still in shape. But yeah, before I was, I was working out probably four or five times a week, and then I kind of went to two, three, playing, playing lots of golf. Yeah, and then uh, Ed Spread called me and was like, "Hey, you're going to be on the sixty man taxi squad. Going to fly here, whatever." And I was like, "Cool, all about it." So started to ramp up again, and then now I'm out here getting better being with the the upper guys some of 40 man guys so it's it's all a cool experience so tell me about the taxi squad what does that look like because I don't think a lot of people know specifically what that looks like so give us a little bit maybe your day-to-day who else is there things like that so the day-to-day you show up to the field around eight thirty nine, and then the catchers and pitchers start at 10 and then the infielders and outfielders around 11 and then so you do your workout, you stretch, throw, catchers, we'll, we'll catch some pitchers, some bullpens, and then, and then we'll hit BP on the field, and then usually uh, we'll do like a three, four-inning sim game with, uh, okay. with all of us. So we get at-bats. I mean, we're doing everything to stay in shape, so if they call on us, we're ready. Okay. So how many other uh, – just for a little bit of context, how many other catchers are there? How many other pitchers so are there? Kind of what's, so the, what's just, the spread? It was just me and Tyler Soberstorm, the first okay. round uh, that we just got. And then about three – on op- a day before opening day, they sent down uh, Haim and Perez. So there's four of us here now. Okay, got it. So, I mean, for you, how different is that than a normal minor league season? That may seem like an, an obvious question, um, but – other than the fact that you're not playing normal games, is the work kind of the same? The people you're working with kind of the same? Is it more stressful? Kind of how does it feel to you? I would, 
I mean, it just feels like a spring training to me. I mean, because okay. this is technically my only first spring training, which I only got to get like a month of it in before the pandemic happened. But yeah, I mean, it feels it feels like the same to me. I mean, it feels like we're out here training for a season. I mean, it just it it's just an opportunity for me at least to come out and get better. But for other people, I mean, they're just they're wanting to get called up if someone gets hurt or gets the corona or whatever. So yeah, there's some guys that are, All right, I need to stay ready. I need to go. But for guys like me who probably aren't going to get called up because you got Hyman Perez in front of me, I'm just, it's, I take it as an opportunity just to get better and improve my game for hopefully next season, there will be a season. Yeah. So for you, um, you're, you're 22 years old, correct? 22. Yes. 22. So you just got drafted out of college last year. Tell me a little bit about that. Got drafted in the fourth round going into that. Where were you kind of looking at getting drafted? What were, were, was the A's kind of one of the teams you were looking at? Um, How did that process kind of go for you? Yeah. So we have winter meetings and I was talking to the A's a lot, talking to other teams and my agents were like, you're probably going to go second round, maybe third. And then obviously I kind of fell to the fourth and then Oakland called and was like, hey, do you want to sign with us and play? And I was ecstatic about it, and here I am. So going up, uh, you played at Georgia Tech, right? Georgia Tech, yep. Okay, so how long did you play there? Was that three years? Played there three years, yes. Okay, so with that, um, I mean, how much – tell me about your time at Georgia Tech. Just give me a little bit about that. Um, I mean, was that one of the places you wanted to go coming out of high school? What what was Mm -hmm. a little bit of your experience there? So I'll go even before. So my summer team I play with, East Cobb Yankees. I mean, if you look at the roster, 60% were going to Georgia Tech. So when I came in to play oh, with wow. them, 18U team, I was 16 or 17. So I knew so many guys that were going to Georgia Tech, and they spoke so highly of it. And then when I finally went down on a visit and met the coaches, I mean, I, I fell in love. So, I mean, it's close to home, good education, great to – go into the pros after that I mean and and I knew most of the people that were already going to be there so it just it felt like the right choice and happened to work out so I mean basically that travel team that summer ball team is kind of like a breeding ground for Georgia Tech yeah, it sounds like it honestly is like if you I guarantee if you looked up East Cobb Yankees roster there's going to be at least six Georgia commit Georgia Tech commits on it I mean That's it's awesome. crazy they literally call it a Georgia Tech feeder team almost it's funny that's hilarious so I mean have you always been a catcher did you ever play any other positions in high school or were you always caught um my whole life until I got to tech and then Joey Bart was there which I knew going in they were like hey you're probably gonna DH play first catch a little bit So, so when I got to tech my freshman year they were teaching me first doing all that they're like we want your bat in lineups it's like cool as long as I'm playing, I'm cool. I don't work. Don't care yeah. where I play. So my first two years, I played first DH, caught a, a little bit here and there. And then junior year, I caught all the games, except okay. for maybe one. So I, I loved it. I mean, it's a great, great school. Learn a lot. But I will say college ball is very different from our pro life. So what the is way the difference? I mean, I would say the difference, obviously, is talent-wise. But other yeah. than that, I mean, the traveling, the – I mean, you're traveling through the night. I mean, it's like you play every day. In college, you play Tuesday and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, 
it's just, I mean, it's a different lifestyle, I would say. I mean, in tech, you're going to class, you're having practice, you're doing whatever. I mean, pro ball, it's, it's every day you wake up, you go to the field, you're there for six hours, repeat, repeat, and then you got a 10-hour bus ride. So it's, it's more of a grind, I would say. It's more okay. of a, I mean, if you want to do it, you got to have the mental mindset to do it. So how hard is that adjustment coming out of college at 21 years old, um, being very used to that lifestyle, only even having been adjusted to, I mean, in college, you're kind of a professional, like you're there, you, you, Mm -hmm. for the most part, I would assume you went to Georgia Tech to play baseball. You knew you were going there to play baseball. So, I mean, even with that, you're kind of used to that lifestyle, but not a lot. So how was that transition at 21 years old, going to now a professional mindset, which you haven't been used to before? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, I would say, I mean, I adjusted, but it probably took a couple of weeks. Cause at first I was worn out. I was like, God, my body's tight. My, yeah. I feel good when I'm hitting or catching. But so that goes into like even deeper. So like now they, so before we even stretch or do anything, they make us do an active warm up to like get us going. So, okay. When I, once I finally figured out what I need to make myself ready to play, it's changed tremendously. So now I'm not stepping in the box all tight, stretching my back out. I'm, I know the stretches I need to do in order to play like I want to play. So I think it, just taking the time to learn what my body needed to perform is was probably the hardest part. And how much of that is you figuring it out on your own? And how much of it is like, things that are taught to you by other guys who have done it so what I mean by that is how much like how much freedom do you have at the beginning of the day to kind of do your stretches are there because I know like you play high school ball it's like team stretches right and mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that like how much in college and professional ball is it you get to the park and you have like an hour to kind of just do your thing and be ready yeah so I mean they they'll write a active warm-up for you like a base guideline so you can okay. follow that but most guys that have kind of played and are higher up in the system, they they already know what they need to do. So, okay, I mean, it's just it just whatever you just need to know how to listen to your body. That's what I would say. I mean, know what's hurting, know what's what you need to do, and then I mean, it'll, it'll work out in the long run. Because like if you if you start the season, you're doing great. You're kind of like oh, I feel great. Don't need to do this. It's gonna catch up to you, and that's when you see yeah. those guys in the season kind of struggling because they didn't take care of it in the beginning stages and it caught up to them so did you have that your first year in in pro ball did you have a point where you kind of hit a wall oh yeah because I just I I just came off catching a 60 something game season so my my body's already kind of tired and then I get to pro ball and I'm doing all this I'm like oh my god I'm (laughs) struggling almost but I I got with the trainers and all that and they, they helped me out a lot but it was it was tough in the beginning, but I'm still learning as I go, and I'll I'll be forever learning. It's a crazy game. It really is. So how is the how has the living conditions been for the taxi squad? Because um, I I assume are you guys kind of quarantined? Like you're you're supposed to stay in a certain realm of places, or how is that working for you guys? So they have us in a hotel about a mile a mile and a half away from the field, and we all have our own rooms, obviously, okay. because they don't want us living with another guy because of it. But, right. But they don't they they don't say like, hey, stay in your room. I mean, if we want to go out and golf, we can. But they're just okay. they're just they just make sure like, hey, be safe. Don't 
don't do anything stupid like that. So is it weird living out of a hotel room? No, it isn't. Ever since I got to college going on road trips, I mean, it's, it's kind of, I'm used to it. It's kind of nice. I mean, make your bed every day, you know, yeah. nice sheets. <laughs> That's true. I, and this may be weird that I'm asking about this, but I kind of, I, I just enjoy getting like the behind the scenes look. Cause obviously if anybody wants to, they can dig into like your stats on the field or like what your pop time is as a catcher. But I enjoy hearing like the little behind the scenes things that kind of add up to your performance on the field because anybody who's ever been an athlete knows it's way more than just how fast you run or how hard you throw a baseball or how good you are at hitting it. It's the entire, it's everything that goes into how, like what kind of mood you're in going into the park and how your body feels. I mean, even just like sleeping in a different bed in a hotel could mess with it sometimes. So just a little reasoning behind why I'm asking some weird questions. Uh, no. So, so have you enjoyed being on the taxi squad? I mean, I know you said it's a good opportunity to learn and things like that. Yeah. Have you enjoyed getting, like, are you learning things from the, you talked about the catchers that are above you. Are you learning things from them uh, mm -hmm. d during this time? Yeah. I mean, I'm learning things from everyone. I mean, it's just cool being out there with the guys that have had time in the league or, and then there's guys that are right there. So it's yeah. cool to kind of, shadowing them a little bit and see how they go about their business because if they from watching them see how they do it I mean you can learn by seeing that so it's kind of I mean when I was in Vermont I didn't really feel like I was in professional baseball I kind of felt like more of like a summer league but okay. being here with the taxi squad and you have all the the higher up guys the the well-known names I mean it just it just feels like I'm a big leaguer and it's a cool feeling so do y'all have like a lot of the higher level coaches, like are a lot of the AAA coaches, the ones doing things with the taxi squad? Yeah, it's Fran, the AAA coach, Ed Sprague, okay. and then some other coaches. But for the most part, yeah, that, that's who's running it. So two kind of generic questions that I have um, that I enjoy asking a lot of athletes. So the first one I'm going to ask Kyle is if you had to describe yourself to somebody kind of just brag about yourself basically as a baseball player somebody who may have never seen you actually play give us a little bit of insight into what kind of player you are on the field off the field what do the Oakland days have that people might not be able to see just by looking up your stats I would just say that I'm a huge competitor and every time I go out and play I'm going to do everything I can to win for the team so I'll just say the passion that I have for the game and the way that I play it is special and uh, I mean, I love playing the game. I love competing with my teammates. So it's no better feeling out there. So some, I mean, a lot of catchers turn into managers. So I'm curious if you've ever oh, yeah. thought about coaching or doing anything like that. I haven't yet. I want to play for as long as I can. And then when that comes to an end, I'll decide if I want to make the bus trips again <laughs> and being a manager. Yes. Yeah. So, Kyle, Andrew, you're still doing everything a player does. You're still traveling. You're you're grinding with them. So, I have a lot of respect to the coaches out there who who stick around and want to keep teaching us because it's it's a it's a huge deal. I mean, it's not an easy job. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. I mean, they may they may not be playing, but they still get the taxing. Oh yeah, uh, they still, they still yeah. make the lineups. Have to. I mean, it's a lot of stress that goes into it. So. Yeah. I don't take That's a good a point. So Kyle, last question I have for you is if you could give us a story 
So whether that be high school, college, pro ball, taxi squad, something like that, give me an interesting story that again, we wouldn't be able to find on YouTube. We wouldn't be able to Google or anything like that. Okay. I got one. It was actually, this story is probably the, the one story that made me who I am today. So I was probably 12, 14, maybe. And so I'm little, I'm, I'm a kid. I'm still immature. So I'm playing (laughs) and it's bases loaded one out and I'm struggling at the time. I'm not hitting so well. So I'm, I'm immature. I'm pissed off. I'm showing it body language, all that. So I grind out to the pitcher bases loaded and don't run as hard as I can the first. Right. So double up. It was like a late in the innings meant a lot. So my coach, Todd Green, who's actually a, a scouting director for the Arizona Diamondbacks, he uh, he chewed me out. My <laughs> dad chewed me out. So from that, he sat me for like a week after. Didn't let me pull. Oh wow! Just let me let me wear it. So I mean, ever since then, I've hustled. I've ran. So I mean, I think that story is uh, it because I it made me feel so terrible. I was like, God, I just did that to my team. I can't believe it. So. So every now, every time I play now, I, I kind of, I just, I play as hard as I can. I don't want to well, feel Whenever you make it to the majors, you definitely need to send that guy a thank you. Uh, <laughs> be like, thank you very much for screaming at me and benching me. I'm glad he did it. Cause if he didn't, who knows? I may have said, I mean, it's crazy how that works. It is. Well, Kyle, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you very much for taking time, hanging out in your hotel room, talking to us. Um, so thank you very much for coming on the show. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Okay. So joining me on the show today is Reed Berlingmeyer. First of all, Reed, thank you for coming on the show. How have you been doing? Thanks for having me. Um, been doing well, just trying to stay in shape, obviously, and getting my throwing in and whatnot and, um, working when I have time. So other than that, been, I've been healthy and, um, no problems with my arm or my body. So that's, that's a, a positive. So. Yes, that is always good to hear. So, I mean, we can start with that. How has it been uh, being a professional athlete? Um, I mean, you can introduce yourself in a moment, but I'm just very curious how, um, how it's been being a professional athlete in quarantine. You don't, I mean, for a lot of people, you haven't had fields even to go play on sometimes. So how has that been trying to keep in shape um, while a lot of things are shut down? Yeah, it was, when this was all first going on, it was really hard, you know, because all the gyms closed and um, you know, they they weren't letting anybody on, you know, local fields and stuff like that. So, um, I was lucky enough to kind of have, um, a connection with, with, uh, owner of an indoor facility here in, in town in normal Illinois. And, um, I was just kind of getting my throwing in there, um, uh, throwing in the net. Um, but other than that, just, it, it's been, it's been, you know, something I've never experienced. Obviously, you know, you kind of, you're on your own schedule every day, you know, there's no one there telling you, you know, what to do or. Um, kind of holding your hand or you, you kind of make your own schedule and have to adjust um, accordingly. Um, but I've still been able to get my throwing in. Um, you know, recently, you know, since the gyms have been backed up, I've, I've been in a gym twice a week um, for total body lifts. And then um, other than that, we've been doing, uh, I've been doing live ABs once a week um, against two other local um, professional hitters. And then there's one other local professional pitcher who, also jumps in with me um but we've been doing that at the um the corn crib in normal illinois which is a uh used to be an independent league um baseball field now it's a uh, college league baseball field so 
so that's been nice um but like i said it's it's nothing i've ever experienced and you know there's there's been ups and downs but i'm just grateful to be healthy and um my arm feels good and you know my body feels good so i can't really complain that's true. So you mentioned you're from Normal, Illinois. So if you just want to walk us through, um, right now you're a pitcher in the A's organization. So walk us through how you got from Normal, Illinois to where you are today. Yeah, so I, I was born and raised in Normal. Um, Normal, Illinois is like right smack dab in the middle of Illinois. Um, and then went to Normal West High School out of there. I wasn't really a high recruit. I kind of had two or three options of where I wanted to play baseball. Um, so I walked on to UIC, which is the University of Illinois, Chicago, um, and, and the city in Chicago. So that was, that was a really fun experience. Um, I, I got to walk on there and then I ended up earning some money right away as a freshman. Um, and then I played three years there, was a starting pitcher mostly, and then got drafted my junior year by the A's. Um, and that's kind of where I am today. Um, this will be, this was supposed to be my third year, um, playing. Um, so I, I was in Vermont and then last year was my first full season in Beloit. And then this year I was kind of assigned unofficially to the Stockton ports. So, um, was looking forward to that, but you know, things happen and <laughs> here we are. So, so how much communication have you had with, um, the A's minor league program? Cause I've talked to some other minor leaguers and especially when they were walking up to the minor league baseball season, when it got canceled, a lot of people really didn't hear anything. So were you doing zoom sessions with your coaches? Were you doing stuff like that? Or was it kind of just the way you've been most of quarantine where you were on your own? Um, <clears throat> before they furloughed some of our, um, our staff, we were in, we were in contact with, um, like a trainer and then a, um, the, uh, a weightlifting coach about every other week. And then we were also, um, in contact with an assigned pitching coach. So I was in contact with a pitching coach from the stock reports. Um, but then once they, they made some furloughs, um, the only person there's a, they gave us a list of, you know, some people we could talk to or contact. And then our, every day we, we text our um, pitching coordinator, um, kind of what we did for that day as far as throwing. Um, and then every, I don't know, it's like every three weeks, um, they'll have a medical coordinator call us and kind of check in on us, make sure we're, we're doing okay. Um, so other than that, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty quick dialogue. You know, I just kind of text, you know, what I did for that day. And it's usually a thanks or a gotcha or, or you know, nice or <laughs> so it's, it's very limited. Um, we really haven't heard much as far as, you know, a game plan going forward, you know, all we were told is, you know, you know, earlier on, we were told, you know, there might be a fall. Some, they might have something for us in the fall, but, you know, they haven't said anything at all about that since the cases have gone up in Arizona. So um, that's not looking very um, bright, I guess. Um, I mean, but other than that, it's just, you know, the text messages to, to the coordinator. And then, you know, he kind of lays out how many innings, you know, simulated innings we're supposed to get in per week. So I think he had me close to 100 innings for this season um, that I'm supposed to be getting in. So I'm just throwing three innings a week right now. Um, so and then like a bullpen session. But other than that, it's just – that's kind of all the communication we're having right now. So. So since, I mean, even in high school, I feel like you get a lot more communication than that because you see coaches every day. So is it kind of frustrating to, for the first time in a long time, not have like consistent interaction with coaches, let alone other players where you get, I mean, you get the bonding, you get the friendships um, there as well, but has it been a little frustrating to not have that? 
Yeah, it has. Honestly, you know, I'm not going to sit here and lie. You know, it's kind of frustrating, you know, just driving around town, even seeing all these, you know, little league teams playing. And, you know, there's yeah. a collegiate league um, here in town that's actually been playing a four-team league. Um, so just, you know, you know, seeing them get to play and then, you know, just the, the situation minor leaguers in right now, you know, where there, there is no option. Um, I mean, independent ball is one thing if you want to play that. But I decided I didn't want to go that route and just kind of, um, stay on what I've been doing with uh, just, you know, getting my own work in with the other pro guides here in town. But it is a little frustrating, I'll have to say. But, you know, what can you do at the end of the day? So, Is there any reason you decided not to play independent ball? Um, oh. um, that's pretty much hurt or sick. That's pretty much the only reason I, I did it. And then I was I – heard, I heard unofficial rumors that if you got hurt – um, playing independent ball, your club didn't have to technically, you know, pay for surgery or whatever, or didn't really even have to take you back. Okay. So I heard a bunch of different rumors and I didn't even want to take the chance on that. Um, you know, I, I get to face some live, you know, talented pro hitters here in town once a week. So, um, you know, I get feedback that way. So. So when all of the struggle was going on, um, I don't necessarily need you to comment on it, but how did you perceive it as affecting minor league players when the major league players and the owners were struggling over money and health protocols and things like that from a minor leaguers perspective, were, were you looking at it? Like, are they, why aren't they talking about us or what was kind of your perspective? Um, Cause they were fighting about a season. And then once they agreed on that, they're like, Oh, by the way, minor leaguers aren't going to play. So what was your perspective kind of watching all of that? Right. Well, the, some of the first thoughts I had were, is it, if it's this hard for them to kind of figure out what they're doing with the MLB, I can't imagine how hard it would come up, you know, to come up with something for the minor leaguers, you know, when you're, you're traveling all over the country um, on short cut budgets. And, um, you know, honestly, I'm just grateful that, that, that the A's decided to, to pay us the $400 a week um, through the end of the season. So um, that, that helps a ton. And, and I'm very grateful for that. But, you know, as far as, I don't know. I don't even know how they would, you know, go about, you know, getting a season going for the minor leaguers, but I kind of wish there was something, um, you know, anything is really better than nothing um, at this point, but I think it would have been really hard um, for all the, the logistical things that, that goes into a full minor league season or, or even half a minor league season. It's, it's a lot. So I, I didn't get too much into it, but I just kind of sat there and realized, you know, if it's this tough for the major leagues, to, to get a season going. I can't imagine a minor league season going. And I think a lot of guys, a lot of minor leaguers kind of had the same thoughts. And at that point we realized, you know, there's probably not going to be a season. So. So you mentioned the $400 a week, which has been a large point of contention, especially um, in, among the Oakland days. So have you had to work at all outside of that? Because I mean, I know even personally, I don't, I get paid around $400 a week with my summer job right now. It's not, it's not a lot. Right. Um, so obviously I don't know your living situation, your financial situation, but have you had to work at all outside of that? Yeah, I do. Where I give um, youth pitching and hitting lessons um, okay. at the local facility. I also work out at. Um, so I just do that in the afternoons. I work out in the morning and then I'll, I'll do, you know, anywhere from two to four hours of lessons, you know, per day, Monday through Friday. Um, so that, you know, keeps me on my feet. Um, so, and I enjoy doing it. So that's, that's about the only other work I'm doing right now. Um, and I, I also do that in like the winter, you know, usual off season, okay. probably going to end up doing that up until spring training 
if there is one. So yeah. How'd you get into that? Um, just, I don't know. There's a, um, the facility owner, um, we're pretty good friends. Um, he's kind okay. of entered his wing and giving me lessons of, of his own, you know, early on in college. And then he kind of asked me if, if I was interested in, in giving youth lessons and making some money. So he's, he's taking care of me and, you know, gone about it that way. So. Have you, has that helped your game at all? Um, I mean, cause you, you teach things to younger players. Have you ever had a moment where you're teaching something and you're like, wait a second, I don't even do this really well or <laughs> something like, like, has it helped your game at all? Um, a little bit. Um, cause you know, when you're out there on the mound, you know, you're, you're basically your own pitching coach. You're, you're at right. this level where, you know, the pitching coach will make mound visits, but he's not going to sit there and, you know, talk about mechanics. It's more you know, mindset, but so, yeah, I mean, there, there are moments when I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm teaching a kid something. I'm mean, like, wait, why don't, why don't I think this when I'm on the mound making this, <laughs> do I think this or is it just natural? Like, but you know, that's a good point. Yeah. I, I have honestly done that at some point during my lessons and it's it caught me off guard. So, so have you, I mean, with all of that, how long have you been doing the, co- the coaching? Um, I started last winter. Okay. So have you ever thought about once you're done playing baseball, whenever that is, um, have you ever thought about actually coaching? That has run through my mind. Um, I, I definitely, I think I would want to start, you know, at the, the collegiate level. I don't know yeah. if I work with kids all the time. Um, I kind of want to work with higher level athletes. Um, the thought has run through my mind, you know, probably starting in college or, and then kind of working my way from there. But, you know, at this point, I really don't know what exactly I want to do after, after baseball. Um, I don't know if I want to go back to school and get a master's or something like that. Cause I still do have some tuition money left um, from the A's. So yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. So Reed, that is something I'm always interested in because whenever you interview an athlete, like we want to talk about the sport the most, but what are you interested in outside of baseball? Like what did you major in in college? Let's say if something unfortunate happened, you had to stop playing baseball today. What would be the path that you would go down? Ooh, a good question. So in college, um, my freshman and sophomore year, my major was nursing. Um, and that's something okay. I really wanted to do was be a registered nurse after college. Um, but after my sophomore season, I kind of, you know, kind of came to the realization that I had a pretty good chance of getting drafted the next year. Um, so at that point, I just changed my major into something a little with uh, a little easier on me. Um, so yeah. I could focus a little more on baseball and nursing was really taxing on me. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I just, I actually got into the nursing program, which started, which would have started my junior year, but I decided to drop out and then I um, majored in psychology at UIC. Okay. Um, and then I was obviously drafted my junior year. And so I went to the A's and then I actually enrolled in um, a program at Northeastern University in Boston, um, yeah. the pre- um, preferred provider for the uh, MLB um, partnership they have. So they're kind of the um, university that, um, MLB is trying to kind of push for. Um, so it's all online classes there. And then I, I finished with um, a degree in liberal studies with a minor in psychology. Um, so at this point, I can kind of go any route I want. You know, it's kind of a non-specific major. Um, yeah. So um, I, I don't, if, if, if my season ended today, like my, my career, I, I'd have to give it some thought, honestly. I, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd want to stay in the game, but – I don't know how I would want to at that point. I'd, I'd probably either go back to school and get a more specific, you know, degree and then kind of go from there. So 
Uh, that's a good question. I don't even know myself. So I'm going to throw out a suggestion here for you and feel free to shoot me down. Um, but since you mentioned nursing and obviously you have a love for baseball, what about being a baseball trainer? Yeah, that's, it's, that's a hard job. Um, you know, Oh, it is. Being the, the hours they work, especially college, like, like college athletic trainers are the first ones yeah. there, the last ones to leave. And it's kind of like that, honestly, in pro ball too, where, you know, those guys, are, they, they're kind of the, the backbone of the, the whole squad. And, you know, they, they really work hard and have some, some long hours. And, you know, I don't know exactly how much money they make or any of that, but, you know, yeah. just knowing how hard of a job it is, that's, I'd consider it, but I don't know if I'd want to do that my whole life. <laughs> that's fair. I just, that was the first thing that popped into my head. So I figured I'd ask, uh, but it really is amazing. You're right. The, the amount of people that go into yeah. not even just a, uh, not even just a professional day of baseball, but even a collegiate day of baseball, there's so many people that go into making it run smoothly, making sure everybody's okay and all of that. It's, it's amazing to think about because you just watch a game on TV, you go to a game, even when you're playing, you probably don't even realize it fully. But when you look at it, there's so many people that go into that. It's kind of interesting to think about. Right, absolutely. So the next thing I kind of want to look at is I enjoy asking people um, for a favorite story. So this can be from your college days. This can be from minor leagues, even high school if you want to. But Reed, give me a story that somebody wouldn't necessarily be able to know by Googling you or something like that. So a favorite moment, whether that be um, an interaction you had on the field, something in the clubhouse, a post-game dinner, something like that. Question. Um, well, in college, I, I was actually recruited as a two-way player. Um, okay. So when I went through the recruiting process, I really wanted to be a hitter uh, more than anything. Um, and then kind of pitching was kind of my second option. Um, so when I, when I went through the recruiting process, um, UIC kind of said, hey, we'll let you, we'll let you try out both. Um, and I kind of like that about them. And that's ultimately why I ended up going there. Um, but within that first fall, um, you know, I kind of started having little arm problems from doing, you know, middle infield work and trying to do all my pitching stuff. Yeah. Uh, but they kind of saw that I had a really strong arm and I was kind of, you know, projectable a little bit pitching wise. And I kind of, you know, went up, went up to the hitting coach and said, Hey, can I, you know, get scheduled more for, for pitching practices more than hitting. And, you know, he was at that point, he was like, yeah, you know what, we're thinking the same thing. Um, you know, let's, let's just kind of go with that for now. And then after that, you know, I just kind of stuck with, with pitching and never really looked back. Um, so, you know, I do, I do miss hitting and, uh, you know, I, I always joke about, you know, wanting to be drafted, you know, to the NL so I could hit, but now there's <laughs> H, so it doesn't really matter. So, so, you know, here we are. So. So what do you think? Um, I mean, having played baseball at a higher level, what do you think of the guys like Shohei Otani? Um, and I want to say there's another guy for the Angels. I don't remember his name off the top of my head. But the guys who can truly play both ways and hit and pitch, because that is really hard to do at a high level. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable how good hitters are, and you know how you know disciplined you have to be in it to do both hitting and pitching. I can't imagine you know how taxing that would be on your body, um, especially you know the pitching side you know my body my body's taxed you know at least two days after my starts and just for him to you know be able to you know obviously hit and then you know you have to take reps you know go to little practices and right you know, BP, stuff like that fielding practice it's that would be a lot you know those guys are busy guys I assume and um 
think the other one, there's one for the Rays. Uh, Brendan McKay, I think is another yeah. one. Left-handed yeah. guy. Yeah. He's pretty good too. So yeah, that, I can't imagine doing that. So. so I think the last question um, I have for you, Reed, is, I mean, I, obviously your goal is to make it to the major leagues. Um, but for people who haven't watched you play, um, I, I, I want to give you a little bit of time to brag on yourself. So again, obviously you want to make it to the major leagues, but if you had to describe yourself as a player to everybody listening, um, what kind of pitches you got, what kind of pitcher you are, the mentality you have on the mound, describe yourself um, for people listening who have never actually seen you play. Okay. Um, I can't, I've been described kind of as being tenacious, being a bulldog. Um, you know, last year, especially early, early in the season, you know, my stuff wasn't very good. And then I made some, you know, um, adjustments at the all-star break. And I had a really, really good second half. Um, my change up's my best pitch by far. Um, you know, my fastball has, has increased in velocity. I went to driveline this past um, off season and trained there and got some um, tips there and, to increase my velo and I've made, made some strides there and, you know, kind of sitting, you know, 93, 94. And then the highest I've been up to this, this off season season was 98. And prior to that, the highest I've ever hit was 96. So um, I was really looking forward to a big season this year. Um, I added a curveball to my arsenal. So right now I'm a four seam, two seam change up curveball and then kind of a little cutter slider thing. Um, so, you know, I was looking forward to having a big year this year and um, being out in California, but you know, things happen. So. <laughs> yes. Well, Reed, thank you very much uh, for joining us on the show. This has been a lot of fun um, for people listening. Also, I'm going to do a little bit of a feature piece on Reed. So depending on when this comes out, make sure to check out that article as well. And once again, Reed, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. It was fun. Thank you.